morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the top crypto researcher on the planet, also known as the funniest Italian in crypto, Mr. Johnny Crypto is joining us on this beautiful Wednesday morning. With over 1,230 followers on Twitter and the lead asset manager for Phoenix Crypto Assets, the Node Defender is joining us. Good morning, Mario. And we have a very special guest this morning, an innovator, passive income expert, and the king of the Hawaiian NFT space, Ian. The Hawaiian ape is joining us. So welcome in, Ian. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing the great divide that is taking place in America today as Texas adopts crypto mining the same day New York moves to ban proof of work. Ripple CEO says they're operating as if they've already lost to the SEC and criticizes Gary Gensler stating he is intentionally dragging his feet. Michael Jordan joins the XRPL and our special guest breaks down some additional passive income opportunities in the NFT space. Global institutions are collectively bullish on crypto, and a European central bank executive calls for harsh regulation in the space, stating central bank digital currencies are the global solution. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So it's a beautiful Wednesday morning we have here, but we'll kick it to Hawaii and say what's up to Ian. Good morning, Ian. How are you feeling on this Wednesday? Hey, good morning, guys. A beautiful day. The market's awesome. I mean, right now we're looking bloody into it, but when you look at crypto, every day is a bloody day in the crypto space. So as long as we know where we're going with XRP, we know the future, our goals, we have a plan, we keep our emotions in check, it's a good day. So right now I'm looking at every day right now is a good time for consolidation. We keep on packing your bags in XRP. I'm loving all the news, all the hype. And at the same time, every day, all the communities are getting stronger and stronger to the point where we're sharing the knowledge now. We're no longer just keeping information to ourselves, trying to make a profit. We're now making a, a community that's constantly proactive right now. I love it. Beautifully. And I'm happy to have you. And we're actually going to roll this conversation back to what your overall sentiment on the market is. But we'll do that after our market analysis. I want to go to the Node Defender next. Good morning, Mario. We're going to cover your Twitter number of followers every day this week. So I hope you're ready for that. How are you feeling on this Wednesday? Oh boy, I'm feeling great. <laughs> I can't wait, man. Like you just, <laughs> you're too funny with that Twitter thing. <laughs> I can't wait until the day where I'm like 25,000 followers on the Node Defenders Twitter account because I know it's right. coming someday. That that would be more impactful. Right? It's like, oh, 1,200 followers, 1,300 followers. <laughs> That's going to hey. come out as a trend. <laughs> well, you're crushing it. So a lot of people can learn from your account. You put out a ton Appreciate of valuable it. information on there. I try to re retweet your stuff as much as possible. I'd love Appreciate to kick it, it to Johnny Crypto next. Another massive following on Twitter, Johnny. How are you feeling on this Wednesday morning? And, and you look amazing. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? I'm, I'm feeling a lot better than yesterday. That's for sure. Um, and you know what, Mario? 1,200? That's a hell of a number. I'd be happy with 1,200. I only got half of that. So listen, man, you're killing it. Keep keep tearing it up in that space. And someday, I think we'll all, we'll all have 25,000 viewers so be, or followers. So it'd be great. But yeah, it's a wonderful day. Glad, glad to have uh, Ian. I love the wine ape. He's a great guy. I'm glad to have you on the, on the show today. Can't wait to jump into some... Uh, Ape mania. And Johnny, what happened? You didn't check the email I sent. You're supposed to wear white this morning. 
Well, you know, like they say, there's leaders and there's followers. So <laughs> clearly, I respect that answer. I respect that answer, Johnny Crypto. We'll hop into this thing the same way we always do with our at 3TGM Crypto account where you get access to our whole team, including me, Jackie, Johnny, Mario, everybody, including Coach JV. So go smash that follow button and tweet at us. We love interacting with you guys. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is sitting in extreme fear. I'd love to kick it to Johnny Crypto because we haven't covered it this week. What are some of your thoughts on where we're overall sitting in the market this morning? And how are you approaching this bearish price action? Uh, you know, like I always say, uh, uh, is it 2025 yet? I don't even care what it's doing. I could care less. I mean, I really, I really don't care. I don't even look at my account anymore. It's crazy. I went from the guy that I literally would look at this thing. I look at my account on this thing like 20 times a day to now. If I look at it twice a week, it's a lot. I don't really care. But anyway, for our audience who does care, you know, we're sitting, obviously, we're, you know, the nice thing is if you, if you look at a support and resistance chart, you kind of can tell that we tend to hang out in the 20-ish range, right? And there we are testing the bottom again. So what does that mean? <laughs> we're going up sooner or later. So how long we stay in this zone? Don't know. But, but frankly, to be honest with you, this is kind of like the dollar cost averaging buy time. So I just bought some more WDK. Um, I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday. I don't remember when the hell I did it. But this week, <coughs> I picked up some more abs. Again, this, we're, if we're going to hang out in this fear zone, then I'm just going to say thank you to the to the crypto gods and keep packing my bags, solely cost, dollar cost averaging into this stuff. So what I do is I take my passive. I've got some stuff that I invest that generates passive income. I take that passive income and I roll in and I go buy what I like. And in this case, you all know I like WTK. So I've been packing those bags. Awesome, Johnny. And I also bought some HBAR. We dollar cost average in on this dip. And I love what Ian said about a, a great buying opportunity happening with the XRP in, investment right now. I'm really, really tempted to purchase it. I bought so much over the last two years. It's like 60% of my portfolio because we can tell people what we do. So I'm hesitant to dollar cost average in. My average buy-in is about 37 cents. So if we do see anything below those marks, I do have a ton of cash on the sidelines ready to buy. But with that being said, we'll hop into the overall market for today. We're sitting at $1.78 trillion in global market cap with Bitcoin at 41%. Ethereum at 19% dominance. Bitcoin is sitting just below 39000 at 38700 this morning. We have seen some bearish price action over the last 48 hours, and that's why we've been talking about a possible time for accumulation. We have Ethereum at 2800 XRP at $0.64, cents, people. Just like Ian had referenced, a possible great buying opportunity here. We'll be keeping an eye on XRP a lot going forward, especially with the news on the XRP lawsuit. Cardano is $0.83. Cents. Kronos, $0.38. Cents. Stellar is $0.18.5. Cents. And we've got Hedera Hashgraph sitting just above $0.17 cents this morning. So it looks like a lot of really good buying opportunities. We can tell people what we've been doing. So me personally, I took this opportunity to buy the dip. I, bought, I purchased a small amount of AVAX, HBAR, VeChain, and Wadspay. So just to let people know how we're navigating in the market. Ian, I'd love to go to you next. Is there anything that sticks out to you in the market? And how are you approaching some of this bearish price action that's taking place? Well, right now I'm looking at the market as, again, I was saying that perfect opportunity. We have a lot of people in the crypto space that are just brand new into it. They're treating it like the stock market, you know? And so when they see the stock market plummets, you know, last week went almost to a 900 to a thousand point drop in the Dow Jones due to uh, Powell coming out, putting out the interest rates going from 50 points positive. So that really increases and causes a lot of fear. We had China going into an area where they're going extreme lockdown. Import exports are really being held up in the shipyards. So that stopped a lot of ideas. And on that day, that's when the fear index went from 24 to 23 and continued to keep going down to 21. 
So everyone's using that mindset right now with that emotion, rolling that over into crypto, pulling out. And we all know where crypto is going to go. So I just automatically just say, okay, let's do my support and resistance lines. Let's see where I'm going to be buying at. And I play it out. So I'm looking right now, 62 is a great opportunity. If it breaks 62, 60 is going to be an awesome opportunity. If it goes around 60, I'm just going to be holding on tight and be like, okay, this is the point where I can see either going down all the way to 50 or coming back up. So for me, this is a long-term play. So this is every day I train my mind. I see red, I want to buy. I see green, I just go on a cruise mode. That's how I'm looking at it. That's great advice. Mario, I'd love to hear from you. How are you approaching this bear market? And do you think we're in a long-term bearish trend or is this just some short-term price action here? Yeah, dude, honestly, I'm I'm bearish. I, I said this yesterday on the show that I feel like, I mean, I hope that we still have some kind of, during a retracement that we still have some kind of altcoin season or, or some of the mo more suppressed altcoins move. But as far as Bitcoin, I really don't think that Bitcoin will set a new all-time high for, for this year. That's just my opinion. Um, it, it, like Ian just mentioned, it's following the stock market a lot. Like we saw this morning that the NASDAQ just set a new low. And what happened this morning as soon as as soon as that uh, as soon as the markets opened, Bitcoin. Bitcoin was kind of recovering overnight and as soon as the stock market opened, it just tumbled. So the way that I see it for as long as the stock market uh, continues on this on this down, downtrend and creating new lows, I would expect the same thing for crypto in general. But whether there's going to be a catalyst of news that could spike things up, um, we're seeing some stuff come out of China. Uh, about a new a new thing there and i don't know if maybe that will be a catalyst for some money more money printing i'm not sure but i, I really don't think we're going to get new all-time highs for bitcoin this year yeah but what's interesting mario is they say i've i've i followed a couple of analysts and studies that show that the crypto market is actually following and tracking very very closely to the nasdaq i know someone says s&p 500 but some charts i've seen is the nasdaq is actually closer and it makes sense because it's technology right and what's interesting is if you look at the nasdaq it took a big hit past couple of days <clears throat> and yet bitcoin seems to have found like a solid bottom ish somewhere in this 38 range which isn't surprising to me. I mean, we know that the big boys are in at 30. We know they're also in at 38. And it's funny how you see 30 and 38 being to two tiers of support. So I'm not going to panic until I see like 24, 25. Then, then we're in trouble. You know, I think it is just normal to see this cyclical up and down. I don't know if it's a beer or bull market anymore. If you look at the overall market trend, we're still kind of trending up over a 10-year period. So we haven't really busted that terribly. But anyway, nonetheless... I think that uh, keep an eye on the NASDAQ, it seems to be tracking that as well. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny. And we have some amazing articles for you guys today, but I do want to address Ian here. We have the Board Apes XRPL project. I'd love to just give you the floor to talk about a little bit. What are you guys doing from a passive income standpoint? And maybe you can just tell some of the influencers who are involved already. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, Board Ape XRP Club is just number one project on the XRPL. It's blown my mind how strong the community is. You know, not like the charts that you see in Bitcoin and Ethereum and on what's the market. You look at the charts that we have on the club itself, it's holding us really strong consolidation level due to that the community makes the levels, the community sets the standards. And we have the standards because we have the passive income coming in just by holding on to one bay. As you can see right now, we're holding right now at 1801 for XRP. And then every day you're receiving one banana coin, which is a passive income token inside the club that you're given daily, paid out weekly. And so every day you hold on to it, you're just packing your bags and stacking your bags more and more. So that's why, again, when I say in the mindset of keeping it in your head, it's like, don't worry about the now price. Look at the future price. And best time to do right now is to keep on stacking and packing those bags. 
Uh, we're doing a lot of collaborations, a lot of names I can't mention right now. I'm really excited to talk about it, but just be looking forward to it. There's gonna be a couple things dropping in the, the highlights. Um, did a talk with XRP Jenna, sweet girl, amazing time. Got a lot of information through. And again, like all the NFTs right now that we're looking at, we're so early. We're so early to where we're just now still voting. And uh, if you can, Abs or Mario, if you can pull up the, the voting page that we can see all the voters, because right now we're waiting for the XLS 20D to be putting out and saying, hey, we can either mint or not mint. We have 34 validators waiting to be minting. Once that voting's all done, it's going to be go time. You're going to be seeing just a lot of movement going in the market. You're going to be seeing a lot of Ethereum people coming in. You're going to be seeing a lot of new eyes and investors jumping in because nobody right now has that mentality of like, I want to buy an IOU token. They want to be buying the now NFTs. So buying everything early is the best time. So as you can see right now here on the XRP scan, you have yays and nays. Uh, right now on the nays, everyone's voting no and voting no means it's, it's a default. If they do not vote yes, it goes straight into no. And when it goes into yes, they go into the yes side. So keep an eye on this page right here. When you start seeing some of the votes going over to the yays, that's when you can be like, okay, look for about a two week opportunity of just straight 80% passings. When that happens, that's when you know you're becoming close to voting. That's when you know you're becoming close to minting. And that's when you know bags are going to start flying. So keep an eye on this one real close. That's amazing. It's very so interesting. Very interesting that we don't have a single yay. Obviously, I wonder if these guys are all coordinated and talking to each other. It's very, very interesting there. Um, Ian, and uh, by the way, you mentioned XRP Jenna. We, we love Jenna. Actually, she's going to be on the show again next week. So don't forget to miss next Wednesday. But um, I did want to address this when we're talking kind of about XRP. This question of will it drop to 15 to 20 cents? So I don't know if that was asked in a fear-ish, bullish way or bearish question. Because if we do get that number, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the I'm selling the kids, the cat, everything we got, and I'm buying even more. And we see 15 to 20. The but kids are the first to go, huh, Johnny? kids are going for it. That's it. <laughs> them, they're out of here. And we're going to be dumping all that, that cash into, into XRP because actually that is my entry price. It's like 20 cents or 21 cents. So I would love to – I don't think we're going to see that number. I'd be very surprised if we did. But I'm curious to what you guys think. Uh, I really don't believe so. There's plenty of levels of support below that 60 cent range. We have a real strong level of support around 40 cents. We have another one around 25 cents. If we saw 17 cents again like we did at the beginning of the lawsuit, the catalyst it would take to push XRP to that level – I'd be doing the same thing, Johnny. I'd be going to a Nexo or another DeFi program, taking out a huge loan and buying a ton of XRP at those prices. Because if we're at 17 cents, there's really not much lower we can go. Right. And we'd be on like a 99% retracement from our all-time high. So I'd love to hear from Mario and Ian. Well, uh, as Waters Above Crypto says, welcome to another day in the matrix. <laughs> well, anything can happen, right? But I, I don't think it will go that low. I mean, we saw the ultimate fear of in in at the end of 2020 when the sec case was was released against ripple and that kind of set the catalyst for like this big fear event and i mean unless something worse happens but what could be worse than that right <laughs> i don't think so i can see the price going all the way down to 51 you know just looking at the charts looking at the past and looking at our track history we've got right now you know sec right now is pushing to have this lawsuit pushed on even longer we're looking out of 2023 possibly it could be settled at any time, but we got to look at the worst outcome. 2023 is what I'm looking at. And during that time, we're in a pretty good wedge. It's very tight and we keep bouncing in and out of it. So on the bottom of that wedge that I'm seeing, I'm looking at 51. We have a couple support lines that we could hit 60, 62, 64, 61. But going down into it, if worst case comes scenario, we have a lot of people that just 
automatically just start dropping and dumping because again, they don't understand or know exactly what XRP is about. That's not going to give them the confidence. You know, the I one thing you guys sure. mentioned, you guys mentioned something that's important. If they lose the lawsuit, right? Instead, so if they settle, you know, I think we, we, we you know, we're going to skyrocket upward. If they lose and they're actually de declared a security, which again, I don't think is a bad thing because like, we just need a settlement in any direction and some regulation clarity, right? That's all that's going to be. And then it, because if they're a security, then everything's a security, right? We all know that, right? But the instant reaction by the retailer, I think, will be fear and, ugh, fear and panic. And maybe we do get a quick flash crash. Well, as Ab said, that may be the catalyst to maybe drop it down quickly. But I don't think we're going to stay down there for very long if that's the case. The elites will buy that some bitch up real quick. But maybe that's the only way. But I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't think they're going to lose. I think there's going to be a settlement. Now, I agree on that one right there, too. And when it comes down to just dropping... I don't see it staying down in those bottom support levels because people like you and I and everyone else that's waiting and praying for that, you know, we all want it to take off. That, that, it's the reality. We want to take off, but deep down inside, we're like, I'm not ready. I want more. I want to go down more. I want to collect more. I want financial freedom. I want to have good bags packed. And then when my bags are packed, I want carry on bags. I don't, I'm not satisfied with how much I got. I'll never be satisfied with how much I got. So when I know what it gets to those levels, it's going to just skyrocket, bounce like a ball, come right back up to a good resistance level because everybody's going to be looking for those levels and buying it. Like everyone's eyes right now are glued on their TradingView accounts during the daytime. They see red candles like, I'm okay. I'm numb to it. I understand how the market works. We're just looking for that opportunity now. Exactly. And anybody who's long-term bearish right now, it means that you don't believe in the message when it comes to CBDCs because Ripple has already been approved as the most instrumental product when it comes to central bank digital currencies. And it's going to be the way that these countries transfer value cross-border for almost zero cost. There's a reason that the SEC chose Ripple to sue. It's because they're going to be one of the most influential projects in the entire space. And that's what I love about your project, Ian, is that you're able to passively accumulate XRP. And that's, that's one of the best opportunities in the space, especially at these prices. We have some amazing content for today. So we're going to hop into our first article where Fort Worth becomes the first city to mine Bitcoin. The city said that the three 2017 vintage machines will, will mine enough Bitcoin to cover the electricity costs. The program will run for six months and before officials evaluate its long-term impact. This is huge. And we can deep dive into this article, but we do have another article that's the exact opposite happening in New York State this morning where they ban proof of work and are telling them there's going to be a two-year memorandum where people cannot use proof of work within their state until they figure out this technology. So before we deep dive, I'd love to get some comments from the group. We'll start with Johnny Crypto. How do you feel about totally opposite narratives playing out within the United States and maybe even the political sentiment that goes into the way these, these counties are regulating crypto? I mean, Jesus freaking Christ. I mean, our country couldn't be more divided. <laughs> you got the red states saying, bring it, bring it. And you got the blue states. Oh, no, we can't. It's bad. This, that. It's so, uh, you know, this kind of stuff, I'm not going to lie to you. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that we got a country that just cannot figure out which end is up and which end is down at the end of the day, you know. And it's just, I, I fear we're always going to have this. We're always going to be red and blue i wish we didn't even have colors i wish we didn't have names i wish we didn't have parties i wish we could all just figure out how to get along and make it work but i guess at the end of the day they always say it don't mess with texas i uh, love me some texas so you know i guess we have to count on the red states they're gonna bring it they're gonna make this thing you know most likely mineable and then in the blue states you're gonna have this narrative of no it's bad we need proof of stake and you know we know we're headed to proof of stake anyway but yeah i'm not surprised abs it doesn't surprise me whatsoever it's just more 
validation of how divided we are as a nation. And that's that's exactly what the elites want. So it's sad. And what's so interesting, Johnny, is they're allowing 27 companies to openly mine Bitcoin within their state right now, while New York is pushing that innovation out. And it's not going to go away. It's just going to relocate. I'd love to go to Ian and then Mario. What are some of your thoughts about what we're seeing here? And how do you feel about crypto adoption as a whole, whether it's proof of stake or proof of work? I'll tell you right now, like, I wish that Hawaii would just keep on pushing not to become a state of the United States anymore. <laughs> like, this is just getting to the point where we need to come as one and come up with a solid program of exactly how are we going to be treating crypto like the rest of the world's already on board why can't the united states do this it's really driving us apart it's showing a lot of confusion out there right now and i think with sec just keeps on prolonging this all it's doing is causing a lot of confusion in the actually whole entire chain of what we do what is crypto what is it used for is it an asset is it a crypto is it a currency we don't know we know but there's a lot of misconfusions out there and when they throw articles out this and states don't come on board at the same time it really does throw a lot of confusion out in the market. So I think all this is doing is just confusing the non-informed and pushing them away. That's all it's doing. You're 100% right. And what's really sad at the end of the day is it's stifling innovation in our country for crypto. And we see it. We talk about this all the time. The U.S. has been held back, my opinion, by some people. And it's just so sad. You see it. Like China's so far ahead of us. And now with our own country, we can't even figure out which states are going to do it and what's not. It's just really bad for crypto innovation as a whole. And I think it all comes down to money as well. When you hit this down, you know, you're looking at it back in the day, you know, we didn't have electric vehicles. Now we do. You know, at the time, they're like, no, we're never going to put electric vehicles out because, number one, we're going to lose a lot of money in this field. We're going to lose business. We're going to lose jobs. We're going to lose all that income. They're not wanting to have other companies, other innovations come up and rise. So it's the same way with crypto. They don't want this because it's going to hurt their wallets. Even though it's good and better for the environment, it's better for the people. It's fast. It's free. It's easy. They don't want it because somebody's losing money. Somebody's going to be losing profit that's already invested. And that's what it comes down to is they don't want this to happen. Who is they? The ones that have their hands deep in those pockets already don't want to be losing out. So they fight back and they kick back. And as Bitcoin shifts away from regular retail investors and into these long-term holders, well, it's whether it's government or large institutions, the floor price is just going to continue to increase. So during these bearish times, they are going to be looked at in the long term as good times to be accumulating cryptos. As long as you're not stuck in these short six, nine, 12-month timeframes, you're going to be successful long-term. And the most valuable thing that I've realized in this market is time in the market. As long as you're allocated correctly, whether you have some large call, large altcoins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then you take 5% of your portfolio and you put it into some high-risk opportunities. I think that's the way to be most successful. Take a really broad approach and pick the specific currencies that you're able to understand. I'd love to go to the Node Defender next. How do you feel like this news is going to affect the entire crypto market? And do you think more, more innovation is going to move out of New York and into Texas? Definitely. I definitely think that a lot of states that are waking up to the fact that crypto is, is here to stay. Um, we see Miami trying to be this hub for crypto. Texas just keeps trying to innovate and, and pushing forward. Uh, Wyoming, a lot of companies are, are, are moving there, crypto-related companies. Kraken is trying to set up a, uh, a bank there. So I I think that I, I, I wish that would more states and more countries would just, instead of resistance, resisting this technology, would just find ways to adopt it and push it to drive it forward. Um, I really think that it it's come to a point where it's like Thanos, inevitable, right? That's funny because that's a great conversation we had within our PCA meeting last night just to give some people some insight. But I'd love to keep the ball rolling here. We have some XRP content for you guys. And before we dive into that, I want to say if you're enjoying this content, 
Show us some love. Smash that like button. Let the algorithm push this thing out to as many people as possible so they can get a hold of this valuable information. But with that said, the XRP versus SEC case, here's the irony of the Ripple CEO's we've lost comment. The crypto space is at a stage where it continues to be plagued by the indecisiveness associated with security versus non-security. The final verdict of this lawsuit would not only impact XRP, but would also play a crucial role in deciding the fate of dozens of other cryptocurrency tokens. The reason why the crypto Twitter community cares so much about the question is because it's not only going to affect Ripple, it's going to affect the entire industry. And we've seen other nations such as Japan and the UAE already assess XRP as an asset, property, or currency. Yet we have the United States here dragging their feet and stifling innovation specifically hurting XRP, but this is going to come full circle, guys. They're going to start attacking exchanges. They're going to start attacking other projects. And this is just the first step in that long, long journey. We'll start off with Johnny Crypto and head over to Ian. Johnny, what are some of your thoughts on this article? And we have some deep criticism of Gary Gensler, which we're going to dive into. So what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Brad is frustrated. It's been over two years and he, his company, you know, Ripple is definitely being held back in the U.S. There's no doubt about it. Uh, because when we, I think we had a chart a few days ago and we showed, or last week, we showed the uh, Ripple expansion where they were. And they're in 22 other countries. So he's planting the seeds and they're growing everywhere. But then in the in the most important country in the world, the most powerful, they were barely present, right? That's because of this. And that's why I think he feels, he says here, we have lost. That's what he means, in my opinion. He's sitting there saying, we pretty much, yeah. Even if they win this case. Ripple just lost two years of planning and innovation and growing the seeds in the U.S. That's just a fact. Now, unless, of course, if they're behind the scenes doing stuff that we don't know about, which is what I believe is happening, which would be great. But that's yet to be determined. We're going to see. But I understand. I feel the frustration that Brad has here in terms of why he feels like he lost, because you saw exchanges delisted them. Uh, Grayscale is no longer collecting them. They're not being pushed. They're being always, I'm sure, when he's knocking on people's door, they're saying, oh, no, not right now. You got SEC on your back. I don't want no piece of that. I'm sure he is hearing that in some areas and um, and probably why he feels like he lost. Yeah, and I love his criticism of Gary Gensler here stating he's purposely dragging his feet because that's the best approach when you're a regulator. You want to hold this stuff off for as long as possible so they have the most opportunity to figure it out and really understand the market. Ian, what are some of your thoughts? It, this whole, this is very frustrating. You know, I keep very track with it. You know, I keep in touch with a lot of the lawyers, talk back and forth with them. You know, Jeremy Hogan does a very good job of breaking it down. If you haven't watched him, you know, he kind of gives you the cliff notes. And it just, it really is a morale buster. Whenever you see that the SEC just keeps on dragging their feet, they keep on delaying, they keep on denying, like, you know, Job Network keeps on asking for documentations and a week goes by and they come out last minute and says, we asked not to. And you're just like, what the hell? It's like, you could have waited two weeks to say that is like, why can't you give this information? And you can see exactly, it's just a game. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme to where they want to have the morale of everyone holding to sell. They don't want us to hold on to. And when SEC keeps doing that, yeah, XRP feels like they lost. They lost the morale. They lost the momentum. They lost the people. They lost the interest. And they're losing guys every day. You know, people that they're trying to get in, in their door, you know, how you're saying, knocking on the door and saying, hey, I'm from, you know, XRP. I want to introduce you to something amazing. They automatically say, sorry, you got the SEC on your side. I can't do that. We're losing exchanges. But in time, as clarity does come through, we all know what's going to happen because they keep dragging it for this long. There's, there's got to be a sign. Like if they're dragging it, why are they doing it? You got to ask yourself, why are they doing it? If it was something easy, they would have just said, hey, slap on the wrist, go on. You know, you're delisted. But they know it's something way, way bigger than that. 
So right now, XRP is feeling very, honestly, betrayed by the SEC because they've been doing and talking and working with them side by side. And all of a sudden, they come by and just say, slap on the wrist. You can't do that. You should have known. It's confusing. It's very confusing. And you brought up something in the beginning of the episode, which I think is so important. Who gets hurt most by this news? The regular retail investor who doesn't understand the market. They see this stuff and they think, oh, look, the SEC, the XRP is a fraud. XRP is a security. And they get scared away. And five years later, we're sitting at a God knows what evaluation. And they missed out on a once in a lifetime opportunity, not only in XRP, but all over the crypto space, whether it's AVAX, Polkadot, Solana. A lot of these DeFi projects are going to have humongous growth, 10x growth over the next four or five years. And I think that's what this community is betting on. Not only everybody in this chat, but everybody who's watching us live, they understand that innovation is inevitable. So Mario, I'd like to go to you next. How do you feel about the XRP lawsuit and what Brad Garlinghouse said about already being alienated in the United States? I really just see the case coming to a conclusion in a matter of, of a settlement or you know the Ripple winning ultimately. I really don't think it's going to be deemed a security. Um I mean, worst case scenario, they pay a big fine, which they, they can afford to pay and, you know, things move forward and all goes back to normal. I mean, that's the best case scenario that we all hope for. But I really think that that's going to, to be uh, what's going to come out of it. Um, I, I Yeah, the SEC has done a poor job at protecting the small investor. Like all these things that they if this lawsuit is, uh, has done nothing but hurt the small investor because the small investor is not keeping up with the news. You know, it's. It, or may not be keeping up with the news, may not be keeping up with the litigation and, and all that stuff that's happening. So by them going after the Ripple, which they think they have their motives for, but at the end of the day, like like um, Brad Garlinghouse says all the time, the U.S. is the only country in the entire world that sees XRP as a security. So why, right? And they're operating within the United States. It's a United States-driven company. Brad Garlinghouse is from the United States. Brad Garlinghouse works on the World Economic Forum. Johnny Crypto, the floor is yours. Well, I was just going to say we know why, right? We, we know that it's the plan is to – there's something in the background going on here to delay, delay, delay while they end up you know, installing this, this – um, the, the new quantum financial system, right? Everybody's looking this way, as Coach says, right? And, and they're going that way, building the system – I just put out, I just tweeted out an article yesterday that was fascinating. If you look, I don't know, let's see if I can find the tweet, but um, it talks about, there's a bank in, um, I forgot the country. They are ha having 80% savings on remittance fees by using Ripple's technology. I mean, do I need to say any more? I mean, it's freaking huge. At the end of the day, you know, I've been saying all along that Ripple, in their technology is a real world solve. Well, now you get to see the real world benefit of it. I wish I could find the tweet. I'll see if I can find it. But um, it's, it's yeah. So it's really awesome that you're really seeing a big savings here in terms of what the technology offers. And when it's that kind, as I talked about at the conference, companies apps are always looking to find products that are better, cheaper. That's just what companies do. They create cheaper, better products because they can more margins, right? So when, Companies start realizing and banks start realizing that they is an 80% savings on the table. Forget about it. Forget about that thing. They're like, where do I get me some ripple? It's just, just forget about it. It's just, it's a, that's at the, at the end of the day, that's a game changer. Huge game changer. You're spot on. And it's not only XRP, right? It's HBAR, Quant, XLM, Algorand. There's all types of solutions that are not just traditional cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And we're just going to see more and more adoption over these next few years. But I have a very powerful Brad Garlinghouse quote I want to show our listeners here. So this clip's about a minute. We'll dissect it into two separate parts. Hopefully my volume sounds good. We'll let this thing play. Here we go. It's 
just about Ripple. It really is, as was introduced, that the whole industry is impacted by this decision. And the core question, as was kind of set up at the beginning, is boils down to a 1946 Supreme Court case that has become known as the Howey test, a test to determine is something a security or not. And look, at the end of the day, we have other parts of even the United States government who have called XRP the digital asset that's native to Ripple's technology stack. It's been called a currency. It's been called property. That's what I want to f- focus on here. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to go to you because I know we've talked about this privately. How do you feel about Brad Garlinghouse acknowledging that the United States is the only country trying to stifle innovation by calling XRP a security? Uh, yeah, let me see here. You see these? You know what these are called? I mean, that's it. It's red flag. These are this is this red flag written all over this at the end of the day. Right? I got to keep my props here close to me. So, you know, we've been saying all along that we've known, we've heard that the U.S. was going to drag itself behind the curve and that they were going to let China lead this thing because whoever leads the innovation for this next, I should say, who's ever leading the innovation for this next round of, you know, what's going to drive Web 3.0 is going to be the driver. And we know who it is. We know that China is doing it. And we know that the U.S. purposely, I believe, was Fed, uh, the chair there, Powell, said, we're going to go slow. We're going to take our time. We want to get it right. Get the fuck out of it. That's not how technology works. You jump into technology and you do it. You get your feet wet and you start moving and you start learning. That's how you do it. You don't move slow. No, unless you purposely want to move slow because you have an ulterior motive or another agenda. And that's exactly when does the U.S. ever move slow on anything when they want to be the leader? Oh, let's see. We're fighting a war. Let's not make weapons. Let's not make tanks. Let's move slow. Yeah, okay. So, no, I mean, at the end of the day, this has been planned, I think, from day one. We know that these guys are talking. Who you're going to, it's like just a game of risk, right? Political theater, who's going to lead it? And we obviously know that the U.S. has been chosen to not lead it. And that's, that's a very, very sad day for the U.S., in my opinion. Yes, and we're going to go to Ian and Mario next, but I'd like to play the remainder of this clip because we get some more powerful, powerful comments from Brad Garlinghouse. I'll let this thing play here. Here we go. The irony is the only country on the planet that thinks XRP is a security is the United States, is the United States SEC. The case has gone well. It's still uh, playing out. You know, the, the SEC, in our judgment, has certainly moved slowly. So typically in these situations, when the SEC brings the case, they want to move quickly. They have been dragging their feet. Uh, you know, Gary Gensler said recently publicly that justice delayed is justice denied. And unfortunately, uh, justice is being delayed here by continuing uh, efforts by the SEC to push things out. Justice delayed is justice denied. So what do we have going on in the SEC lawsuit here? Ian, the floor is yours. Man, the SEC lawsuit is fun to keep track. It's kind of like almost a show to watch every day. You're like, what's going on in the world of SEC? And you can see they are dragging their feet hard. And every time they drag their feet and they go backwards, they thought this would be a quick, like, hey, I'm going to get in. I'm going to get out. We're going to sue them. We're going to stop them. We'll put a slap on the wrist. And then right away, XRP was like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going straight into fighting. And I think that was the big curveball that first came into play is SEC was not expecting that. When that happened, SEC is now going to be looking at possibilities. And I'm going back and forth in screens here. What's going on? <laughs> All right. But going into the whole aspect of like, you know, the legal fees, XRP is trying to go back now and be like, hey, after we win this, we're probably going to come back and sue you for all the legal fees, for all the lawyer fees, for everything that you've made us go through. This is harsh, unjust. And again, it's going to be biting them in the ass. I'm just seeing a lot of good things happen in the future. But right now, we just got to keep on playing the game. 
you know, we're going to lose a lot of investors, but at the same time, I think we're going to be bringing a lot of attention and a lot of eyes to people because like they're going to ask themselves, why are we dragging on so long? Why is this? Because I've seen justice done faster in death sentences. I've seen justice done faster inside Supreme Courts. This right here is taking entirely way too long. You're spot on, Ian. And it's like Coach JV always says, know the game so you can play, so you don't get played. Sorry. And this is a prime example of that because the SEC is playing a standard game of stifling innovation so that they can understand this technology. But if I want to take a positive approach, I do think this is giving a lot of retail investors more and more time to dollar cost average in. So hopefully when we do get that inevitable price action and real world utility, a lot of people have had the opportunity to stack their bags. I saw a fascinating chart a few days ago that showed if you want to be in the top 1% of XRP holders globally, you only need about 57,000 XRP. And yes, that does sound like a large number, but as we see these dips, I mean, that's only about $30,000 in US value. And God only knows what that could be over the next five, 10 years, especially with central bank digital currencies coming into place. We'll go to Mario and then to Johnny. What are some of your thoughts? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember when the lawsuit first came about, a lot of people were using that website to kind of keep track of what, what the whales were doing. Uh, the website that shows the percentages and, and the number of wallets that hold a certain number of XRP. And I remember that was a big indicator. Like, are the whales scared? Are they selling? Are the top holders getting rid of their XRP because of the lawsuit? And that wasn't that wasn't happening for a while. And then we started to see a little bit of a sell-off as it started progressing. But over the course of the last year and four months, whatever it's been since the uh, beginning of the of the case, we've just been seeing Ripple continuously to make positive um, positive impacts in the case. Like the, they, I mean, they have lawyers in their team that are former SEC people. Um, they know better than anybody how the SEC works and how they need to battle against the SEC in this case. And as far as the SEC and what they're doing is, as we're dragging their feet, it's they keep pushing this thing further and it's like they're kicking the can down the road like like they say right they keep kicking the can down the road and they're just avoiding the inevitable i think they're tied up they're they're backed against the wall and they're starting to see that this thing is turning out to be more difficult than they originally anticipated gary gary gensler kind of came into the chair um with this thing already going um i don't know it's inevitable like we've been saying all this time right and I yep. think the only thing that's in question is the timeline here. Johnny, I wanted to pull up something before I kick it to you. It says, Grandpa, did you sell your XRP when the FUD kept coming? Johnny Crypto says, I picked you up from school in a Lambo. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> the floor is yours. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, I'm just going to, we've been beating this as a dead horse. So the only thing I'm going to leave you, everybody with is this. We know that the SEC's case is very, very weak. And all their only, their main game plan is delay, delay, delay. And think about what they've just done. They've delayed this thing now right until about the end of this year. And guess what happens in November of 2022 this year, folks? The ISO 2002 um, the standards and, and coin switchover will be happening in November of 2022. So if you think that this is all coincidental and that this wasn't planned to push this thing out right to the point where we're going to be switching to ISO coins, I got a bridge in Brooklyn. I'm happy to sell you for cheap, cheap. <clears throat> Timing is perfect on this one. It's just perfect. So I wasn't surprised when I saw this delay. To me, we've kind of known all along that something's going to happen in November of 2022, the switch over. It would make perfect sense that this comes to an end and then boom, we see the switch. That'll close it out for our XRP content because we crushed it for those 20 minutes.
So if you enjoyed that whole conversation, show some love, smash that like button. All social medias are linked below, especially the Hawaiian ape, our special guest. But with that being said, we're going to hop into our next article for today, which is lawless crypto industry needs harsh regulation, says European Central Bank executive. This is nothing new, people. These are the big guys scaring the little guys away. He calls cryptocurrencies a Ponzi scheme. And he says that the biggest solution to this entire industry is what? Central bank digital currency. So before we deep dive and get some great quotes from this article, I'd like to start off with the node defender. How do you feel about central bank digital currencies coming into play? And what do you think about this central banker being an advocate of central bank digital currencies? Well, it's it's no surprise. I mean, we, we've, we've spoken about this so many times, how central bank digital currency is the ultimate control for a government, right? They can... They can uh, regulate or control how you're spending your money. They can force you to spend your money to kind of pump up the economy. So I I don't see how this is not going to play out. I don't see how governments are not going to adopt central bank digital currency, whether it ends up, ends up running on the blockchain or not. There's that, there's that theory or that thesis of, uh, central bank digital currencies not running on the blockchain. Uh, some people say we don't; they don't need to run on a blockchain. But the reality is that they will run on the blockchain because the, the blockchain is the most advanced technology in the world where a system like this can run on in a way that it's safe, secure, and transparent. And um, the ISO 20,022, like Johnny Crypto said, is the beginning. There's We see nations that are partnered with some of these blockchains. The it's coming guys unfortunately uh i mean unfortunately for for the fact that you will you will have you will be forced to spend your money um you will have they will have control over your money more than they already do now so you know yes. i've been saying for been saying now for over a year that what what's going to happen i i want everybody to put themselves in the shoes of an elite if you're in the shoes of an elite and you knew that you had to get DBC, DBC, blah, CBDCs out there, how would you do it, right? And so at the end of the day, we've been saying for day one, they're going to villainize. They're going to make Bitcoin or crypto, but more so probably Bitcoin, the, the villain. And they're going to say, cryptocurrency bad, CBDC good. And that's and now there it is. There's the first narrative of it happening. I mean, I think you just said it here. Um that uh what did it say up top there that they literally he literally said cryptocurrencies are a ponzi scheme first of all he's retarded because cryptocurrencies themselves aren't necessarily a a ponzi scheme because some of them have an underlying fundamental technology yeah right there right underlying technology now if you put it into like a node kind of like you know some of the nodes that are out there that went under yeah some of those are ponzi schemes Using cryptocurrency for Ponzi schemes, the way you use cash for Ponzi schemes. Yeah, I can agree with that. But but them themselves being a Ponzi scheme, no, that's not true. But you're going to get all these. So watch this now, folks. For the next year, you're going to hear about how bad cryptocurrencies are. All the CBDCs, central banks are going to be on the same page. And I'm going to be saying cryptocurrency bad, you know, cryptocurrency illegal. They use it from the certain nefarious stuff. So we need to create this new version called the central bank digital currency where we can protect it so it can't be spent on drugs and it can't be used for laundering money. But they're going to give you all these great reasons why it's. And on top of it, Johnny, they're going to give you, let's say, $12,000 a year, like Andrew Yang had said, and that's going to be in a central bank digital currency. You're just going to be more and more incentivized to move away things with actual value and into their Ponzinomic system. Sorry to cut you off. Floor's yours. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't want to take too much more of the floor time. I was just going to end it by saying, and at the end of the day, they're going to tell you, this is so great for you. And meanwhile, they control every goddamn aspect of your life. You can't even go spend it wherever you want to spend it. If you don't go to bed when you're supposed to go to bed, you don't get your shot when you're supposed to get your shot. Guess what? Oh, and the social credit score. You say the wrong thing on Twitter. 
whoop. So next thing you know, you're supposed to get 12000 Now you're getting 6000 and you can only spend it in certain spots. Hell with that. I don't want that system. I'll give me, give me, I'll take this shit fiat cash before I ever take CBDCs. That's I think the whole narrative, the whole story right there is the banks, they don't want us to control. They don't want us to have the cryptocurrency. They want to control. So this is the whole reason you go back to the SEC lawsuit, why we're here in the first place. It's because the banks, the big whales, the institutions do not want us to control, have our money, have what we want, when we want, how we want it. They want to control it because number one, they make the interest, they make the assets, they are making their money. Just like how I said, the ones that are scared earlier, the ones that have their hands in the pockets already, the ones that already are making the money. So they don't want to be giving up their gold just because we found that new way to do it. So looking at cryptocurrency, I can now send money anywhere I want for the lowest fee of like cents instead of waiting days. I'm paying nothing, waiting, you know, money. I'm not paying nothing. So right here, this is where it all comes down to is us controlling it and them controlling it. And they don't want it. You're spot on, Ian. And there was something really, really prevalent that stuck out in this article where he says he was comparing what's happening now in crypto to the 2008 housing bubble but these things aren't the same at all. We haven't even seen regulation come in yet. So when regulation comes in, institutional money is going to flood in, and then that's going to be a huge catalyst for growth. I'd love to kick it back to you, Ian, and just what are some of your thoughts on the comparison he made to the 2008 housing bubble when we have actual utility and growth taking place in this baby of an industry, guys? This industry is 10 years old. Imagine where we're going to be at year 25. Imagine where we'll be at year 20. Floor yours, Ian. Looking at it right now, we're already making some really good changes. Like only being out inside the XRPL, XRP, cryptocurrency, we have already made life-changing events and life-changing actions already. Like look at what we'll say, for example, the NFT and Bay community. I'm already making passive income daily and I could stake pretty soon that passive income for a 20% APY. I can't find a bank that will give me anything close to 20%, 10%, 5%, 3%. If I can do this on a blockchain with cryptocurrency, imagine what we're we'll doing in five years, 10 years. What can my money do? That whole saying is like, you got to have money to make money is going to be absolutely true. They've been doing it from the inside. Now it's our turn as the investors, as the holders to be taking our money, our free will to be making money grow, not work for, but having our money work for us is where it's going to be key. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to build on that and what Susie's saying here, you know, we've been talking about this. Abs has already mentioned this, that in China, well, let me turn this thing off in China, they've already have a social score, right? Abs it's out there. They're using it. They're penalizing you. And she's right. You know, we use what, what she called you know, false flags, right? So they create a fake narrative, scare the shit out of you. And they go, oh, we got to bring you a solution. And it's going to be the social score credit. So be, don't be surprised, folks. The next year or two or three, they start rolling out this great idea of how wonderful the social credit score is for whatever bullshit reason they're going to give you so they can control us with it. It's, it's sad. But here at the Academy, we know all this shit. We're so far ahead of the game, guys, right? So what do you do to protect yourself? Get into gold, get into crypto, get into silver, um, get into some you know precious metals, crypto, and also start looking at generating other passive income streams to grow. You know, you you want to have multiple income streams coming in so that you're not reliant on on just one thing that they can pull the rug out from under you. You're spot on, Johnny. And we brought up me and Mario actually did some deep diving research yesterday, and we found something very interesting. Any of our H bar holders out there, we found a pot potential vehicle to give you 49% APY on your HBAR. So this is something we're still investigating. To let you guys know, I put about 20% of my bag in there. We're testing out this process. It's brand new. Just came out in the first week of April. Going to be fully implemented in July. So this is something we're going to be covering on our show. But I did want to kick it back to Mario for some closing comments on a central bank digital currency. Do you think there's any escape from the system? Are we all going to be flooded into a social credit score? Are we all going to be forced to use a central bank digital currencies? Or is there going to be some alternative route that our listeners can take? 
I mean, crypto, for as long as crypto continues to be the way that it is, that could be the only route that I could see, you know, just people kind of taking the banking into their own hands and keeping their wealth in crypto and trying to transact that way. As far as central bank digital currencies, I really think it's something that they will just funnel people into the same way that we've been seeing the whole narrative with the C word, um, you know, traveling, you have to have the V to travel, uh, you have to test to travel. So I kind of see the a similar narrative coming into play with CBDCs, you know, people that need help from the government, you know, you, you have to have it through a CBDC, um, maybe more stimulus, I don't know, through a CBDC, and then it gets forced that way. I really think that it's just it's just going to be a narrative that will funnel people into thinking that that's the best way going forward. That's the way that works best. And it's more convenient. Again, it's about convenience. You know, they're going to make everything about convenience. Uh, ever since the C word, you know, paying with card just became uh, a more convenient way to do things. Cash all of a sudden was a driver of 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 infection right so you don't want to use cash because it's dirty it's going to get you infected so yeah it's all about convenience that's the way i just see them kind of driving the narrative and you're you're right it really is funny that they pick and choose when these narratives are perfect to roll out and saying that cash is dirty was perfect for the c19 crisis so i thought it was very funny that they rolled out that narrative and we got 140 listeners out there so please show us some love smash that like button if you're looking for a community the best community in the entire crypto market is the 3T Warrior Academy, where you get access to all of us. We're showing you exactly how we navigate this market from a mindset standpoint. And the most important thing that we can emphasize is finding a sense of community. During this very confusing and difficult time, the best place to do so is with us, where we all band together. We're like-minded individuals trying to build generational wealth and financial freedom for our families. And we're documenting our journey here with, of course, our leader, Coach JV. But we'll hop into our next article for today, which is Crypto Wall Street Relationship may improve in favor of crypto over the next 10 years. So we covered a little bit of this stuff yesterday, but we do have some updates. 80% of institutional investors believe that the asset class crypto will take over traditional investments over the next decade. Traditional forms of investment make up a combined $100 trillion economy as of 2021. And the core decentralization narrative within cryptocurrencies is going to be the biggest disruptor to those traditional assets. Countries and financial institutions have gone out of their way to limit crypto trading and outright ban crypto in some countries for this specific reason. But we have seen a shift in sentiment over the past six months or so with U.S. federal regulators and abroad now devising plans to oversee the crypto space. The adoption of crypto only seems primed to pick up even more, says J.P. Morgan. And J.P. Morgan even went as far to invest in the metaverse Decentraland recently, which we did cover on our program. We'll start off with Johnny Crypto and then go to Ian. How do you feel about this article here where we're talking about the long-term growth of crypto and the institutional adoption that's going to take place over the next decade, pushing out traditional assets. Digital assets are going to be more valuable than traditional assets over this next decade. That's what institutions think. How about you guys? Yeah, so this is what I believe is going to drive this crypto market and turn it into a, um, put it on the on the map to make it, to, to call it credible, make it validation. But for this to happen, the first thing that needs to happen is regulation. We've been saying this for a while now. There's no way these big institutions are going to fully come in here without with the risk that's surrounding it right now. But once we get that regulation, they're telling you right here. They're already saying it, folks. They're saying it is real. They're, this is the first. They are recognizing it, but they're not going to fully put all their money into it until it's real. But something like this gets me extremely excited, Abs, because 
it's finally them starting to say, hey, yeah, it's coming. This is real. J.P. Morgan, look at these scumbags, right? In 2017, they're telling you, oh, no, no, anybody who used buys crypto, I'm going to fire you. Meanwhile, they're writing patents at the same exact time for crypto, and now they just invested into central land. So, again, you know, as we always say here at the Academy, you do what they do, not what they say. But to me, Abs, this is just further validation. I'm not surprised by this. I do expect crypto to be a... I don't know if it's going to be side by side with the stock market or if like the E-Trades and Ameritrades of the world will just adopt it right into it and it will just be one whole market, which will be stocks and crypto. I'm not so sure yet how that's going to play out um, or, or, or if all these exchanges are just going to be bought up, which probably is more likely what would happen. Like an E-Trade would go buy a Kraken and just bring it in and they would offer you the trading platform. So that part is still yet to be determined. And I also do believe when regulation comes, a lot of cryptos are going to go away. So I think you're going to have the real world solve cryptos that stick around. And that's where you'll see all the money flooding into. Yeah, Ian, I'm sure you can comment here. When Johnny says a lot of the cryptos that are going to be going away, do you think that he, that he means the overall market, the top 100? Can you kind of give people some insight on, on what cryptos might be here to stay? Yeah, so you got to look at the cryptos that are actually having you know, utility. What are they doing? Are they here just as a pump coin? Are they a meme coin? What are they doing? If they have a utility, VeChain, HBAR, XRP, XLM, XDC, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, these are the coins that we're looking at at the top 10, you know, going up and higher. And in time, we're going to have more quant, so on and so forth coming into play. Right now, we have, we'll say, JP Morgan out there saying, hey, man, look at this. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Let me just buy some crypto real fast. Okay, hey, all right, I'm back now. They don't want you to be seeing what they're doing. They're right now seeing the game plan. They're seeing the top 10, and they're moving it from there. So that's how you got to be looking at this is like, don't be listening to the whales. Don't be listening to the to institutions. Be following them. Watch what they're doing. Watch their wallets. Watch their money. Watch their game plans. You know, I could say, you know, just like how Johnny said, do as I do, not as I say, is a total aspect of what JP Morgan is doing. And it's exciting because right now we're seeing that they're adopting it. They're seeing it. That's the same analogy of saying like, hey, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to put my running shoes on. I'm going to put my shirt on. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to stretch out. I'm going to be right, right there at that starting line. So when you hit that bell and that gun goes off, I'm booking it. I'm going. They're packing their bags slowly. They're doing it in a very methodical, slow way. And they're making their own regulations. Because what if you don't like something? What do you do? You sue it. You, you regulate it. You change it. You invest it. Then you re-adopt it by putting it out there with your own regulations and twist to it. That's what's happening every single time. They see something that they don't like, they stop it because they're not in it yet. When they get in, then they let it go again. You're spot on, Ian. I could not have said it better myself. I'd love to just keep the conversation going, go to the node defender because that was perfect. Yeah, Ian said something really interesting. And we hear Coach JV say that all the time, right? That you resist it, you sue it, then you regulate it, you know, embrace it eventually. And uh, it, it's, it's, it, at this point, it's become something that's too hard to, to ignore. Um, you know, paying attention to what these institutions are doing is very important. We've heard them say many times that crypto is a scam, especially JP Morgan a few years ago, and now they're getting into, into the metaverse. I actually put out a tweet this morning that I said, you know, banks more and more are investing into plots, you know, in, in the metaverse. You know, don't ignore that. That's really important. And, and banks, we got global brands. We have sports just being uh, sponsored by a lot of these big crypto companies. So these are all signs. We don't know when XRP is going to go to $15 or even $5.89 for that matter. We don't know when HBAR is going to, is going to be you know, at all-time highs. We don't know when Bitcoin is going to reach $100,000. But what we can see and what we do know is that the industry is being adopted at a mass scale. 
and that only 5% of the world is invested or 5% of the population is invested in crypto. So just imagine when those, as those numbers start to grow, the more adoption there is. Of course, volatility is going to decrease with adoption and regulation. So those 100Xs that we typically see in crypto are going to be less frequent, but you could still get very wealthy in, in, in by investing in some of these core technologies. And again, invest in the blue chips, invest in these companies, these cryptocurrencies that have good partnership, uh, solid partnerships, you know, meme coins and stuff like that, things without utility. We've been seeing for the past three months, a lot of the craze within the DeFi space. A lot of these things have been starting to rug and just team team teams falling apart, not wanting to continue. And that has to do with sustainability and with regulation. Obviously, that will play a part too. So what you're saying is I should be buying XR Doge, right? 100% not. <laughs> I'm only teasing, guys. I like to have some fun here too because this conversation can get pretty heavy, especially when we talk about social credit scores and CBDCs. It's important to have an optimistic mindset because this stuff is happening and most people right now don't have the awareness of it. So just the fact that you're listening and having these conversations, you're way, way ahead of the game. I want to say thank you to Ian, and I'd love to give you a chance to just tell people again, remind them where they can check out XRPL, and if they're interested in purchasing an NFT, how they go about that process. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing you want to do is you go to sologenic.org, and on that website, you could actually on-ramp fiat money, debit card, or credit card onto Sologenic. So you don't got to go through an on-ramp with, say, Uphold Bitch or anything. You could automatically deposit money into their website and be buying NFTs that way. If you go to the website for uh, Board Ape Yacht, or Board Ape XRP, uh, can you pop that up on the page if you can? And on that page, if you scroll down, it has a one, two, three step process on how to get into Bay. So on the bottom, you have to set up a Zum wallet. When you set up your Zum wallet, you set up a trust line from your trust line to be buying. And then from there, right now, we're waiting for the actual minting date to be coming out. When the minting date comes out with the voting process, then we'll be able to actually get your physical and digital aspect. From there, you're also receiving passive income received to you daily paid out weekly on top of all of the loyalty rewards, all of the perks in the club. And at the same time, the club keeps growing more and more and more every single week. As of coming up, I think a couple of weeks, we're going to be staking our bananas, our passive income for a 20% APY. So that's a massive, huge. So you can keep on buying bananas or you can stake them, use them, cash them out for XRP. The overall goal is to keep on building your bag for XRP for financial wealth in the future. At the same time, while you're in a community, just like your guys over there in Coast JV and the 3T Warrior Academy, you got to be with like-minded individuals that are strong, mentally driven, at the same time, keeping each other informed. And there's no better way to do it than while you're in a club. And that's why we came out and reached out to you guys, is because we saw the same mindset that you guys had, and we thought you guys would be a great asset to the team. And I love it. I'm very appreciative and grateful to have you guys part of the team. And thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. We're excited, Ian. I mean, Johnny Crypto brought us this idea, I believe, originally, and it was just, it's been phenomenal. What you're doing, creating a real sustainable stream of passive income for XRP investors, it's so unique and it's so exciting. I think we're just going to see more and more innovation like this take place. And we had the Michael Jordan NFT news, which we covered in the beginning of April, but that's going to be another major catalyst for the regular everyday person to understand, holy crap, XRP has NFTs. So that's going to be another great catalyst for the entire market. I want to say thank you for joining us today, Ian. Thank you to the Node Defender and thank you to Johnny Crypto. It's always a blast recording these things and we love interacting with all of our listeners. So thank you for tuning in. We'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go. Thank God. We're the monkeys. <laughs> love it. Yeah. That's the feeling. Ha, ha, ha.